right, folks, Crackback still in quarantine, still locked down, but stuff's still going on here. We actually have a little bit of sports to uh, report on, and we have a new friend of the program. You already know Gets down at the bottom of the screen here, but we got Mikey A. Yo, 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 what's cracking, what's cracking, what's motherfucking cracking, yo? MMA specialist here. So we're going <laughs> to be talking you, about you. the fights coming up this weekend here. Gets, Mike. Uh, I'm very back. excited. Right. I mean, I, I, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to discuss this card because thank you for coming on, man. Stacked, stacked to the gills. So thank God. one of the things we got to talk about first is the fight that's not going to happen, which you know was supposed to be the headliner. We had Khabib fighting Tony Ferguson. Now this is not the uh, second, third, fourth time. This is the fifth time this fight has been canceled. You know what? I don't know about you guys. Um, I was kind of into watching it, you know, yeah, I want to see if somebody could beat Khabib. And, and the reason that I, I usually draw in and, and want to watch Khabib fight, it's almost like the uh, same thing with Mayweather, right? You have, you have Mayweather that's, you know, maybe he doesn't have the most exciting fights, but he talks trash. You, you kind of want to see him get, his law, get a loss. No one could beat him. So right now, Khabib's the most dominant fighter in the UFC. I mean, he, if you look at all of his fights, he pretty much has won every single round he's been in. Um, I think he's only lost one uh, to Conor McGregor in the fourth round, uh, third, I believe the third round. And other than that, I think maybe he lost one other round, but other than that, he's won every single round. So that's kind of his draw. He's not the most exciting guy. He's more of a grappler. Um, but he's a technical but, specialist. But for, for the folks who don't know, me included, mm -hmm. uh, sure. the five times that they got canceled, what did he get canceled for? I mean, uh, you know, uh, my dog ate my homework, you know, I stubbed my toe, my girlfriend's <laughs> on her period, I got a, 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 it was everything, you know, everything. Seriously. Everything. Health Seriously. issues. He missed I mean, weight he, one time, he got hurt one time. You, yeah, so it's you not like it. It's not like an earthquake happened and they couldn't get to the venue or like well, what actually happened was, in Vegas last year. I guess this time you would call it an earthquake because we have COVID. So that, the, that's so actually... They're saying this is the first valid excuse they have. He lives yeah, close to China. China. All right, roll. He's, yeah, I think he's in Dagestan uh, or Pakistan or whatever that fucking yeah. is. One of the I'm getting angry. <laughs> it's, very close, it's very close to Wuhan, wherever he lives. Two blocks over, right? So he could have got some fried bats sent over to the house. I really don't. Yeah, think, man. Uh, I, I think right nuggets. now nobody's actually allowed to fight in the UFC. Like everyone that's going to be fighting is uh, is based in the United States, I believe. Yeah, that's why he tried to buy the island and bring in the international fighters. Yeah, real talk, what happened with that island? That was big news for a couple of days that he had it. And he was bringing in people to help with logistics. So was Gerard. So was Ja Rule's island. This is Trump. This is <laughs> <laughs> South to the fire yeah. festival. I don't know if he's still trying to do it. He, um, they may be still trying to do it, but I don't think that was something that he's going to be able to throw together that quickly. But I think he tried cool. to put it together too fast. It feels uh, that he's skirting around a few laws to get that island done, and it's going to take uh, a few more millions of dollars and a few more, you know, a little more time to, uh, to get yeah. around those things to get it done. So. At least they're trying, so, though. You know this is mean? true. This is true. We got to at least appreciate it. As, a, as fans of sports, not having anything to watch, dude, has been difficult. So, yeah. Mike, Mike, let me ask you. Your, your gut feeling, your true thoughts that this, again, this is now the fifth time that they've canceled this fight with Khabib and Tony Ferguson. What's your gut feeling? Is, is Khabib just shook? Does he know that this is the guy that beat him and he's backing out? No, I don't think so. I think – I think in this situation right now, you've got the whole world on pause. And if you're going into a fight where you've got to cut a bunch of weight, you know, it's going to be a tough fight. You don't even know if it's going to happen. And you're trying to call the UFC and find out where it's happening. They're not giving you a location. So you don't know, you know, if it's happening on a certain – now they start moving the dates back. Now they don't have a location. He's been asking where the location is. He doesn't even know if he can get – out of his country so like do you really want to start killing yourself losing weight because he cuts a lot of weight he cuts a lot of weight for the fight you know it's not fun cutting weight um i mean that's an interesting one, that's an interesting segue there because i know we were going to talk about the weight cuts and you have some strong feelings yeah so i mean as, as far as cutting down in weight and 
you know, it's one thing to diet and get yourself down and wait. Are we losing someone? He'll be back. Okay. So it's, it's one thing for you to be, um, you know, losing weight, you're dieting, you're doing whatever you got to do to drop your weight. But the, the problem really comes down to the, you know, losing of the water weight, uh, which is the true, you know, water cut, they call it. Some of those guys are doing 10, 15 pounds, you know, in some cases, maybe, maybe more. 10 is probably on the small side. Yeah, I so, remember uh, Rumble Johnson was cutting like 30, 40 pounds at one point. Dude, that guy is uh, an absolute monster. It's crazy. He fought at 170 at one point. I can't even imagine how the guy – and, and now he's like 230. He fought, I think he fought – did he fight at heavyweight? Uh, I, I believe he fought – I know he, was yeah. fought, he fought he's, Daniel Cormier at 205. But I think he fought maybe recently and at now, heavyweight. Or he yeah, now he's, now he's coming back at heavyweight just so he can how be bad, as big as he wants to be. How bad does that wreck your body going up 30 – Dropping thirty, going up twenty, dropping thirty. Yeah, it can't be good as, for you. There's no way that's good for you. Uh, well, definitely, as far as like, um, maybe, maybe losing the weight when they're when they're dieting. I don't know if that's that's really the issue. I think the issue is when you start depriving your body of water, and your I mean your liver, all your kidneys, all those things. That definitely is is not good for you. So, um, in Japan, they have. Uh, the one one championship, which is another uh, another fighting card, uh, another organization, and what they do is they actually follow the same uh, type of situation that they do for wrestling in the Olympics. So what that does is basically they're going to test you for the whole week up until when you fight. So uh, they're going to test your weight, but what they also do is they they check to make sure that you're fully hydrated. So that means, and it's not like you get fully hydrated once and then you can just dehydrate yourself, make weight, and then rehydrate. They're testing you every step of the way. So you can't ever uh, be dehydrated. You have to be fully hydrated. So they're, they're testing your piss, however they do that. I don't, yeah. really, I don't really know. But uh, to me, that's the, that's the best way. So basically all you're looking at now is guys that fight at 145 pounds are going to fight at 155 pounds but they're not going to have to kill themselves to, get to, to cut that. Like if we're, if we're the same exact size and I weigh 165 pounds and we're going to fight at 145 and I drop 10 pounds by dieting and working out and doing a lot of cardio and whatever I got to do to make, you know, drop this 10 pounds off. If we're down at 155, if, we're, if we disagree, all right, we're both hydrated. We're at 155. We're the same size. Why both kill yourselves, lose all that water weight just to make weight for one day? Then you put all the water weight back, you, you, you rehydrate yourself. You know, you got guys giving themselves IVs at one point. I mean, they were doing all kinds of different things. Yeah, they were doing crazy shit, man. And, like, yeah. I've never done it. I wasn't a wrestler. I used to see these wrestlers at my high school, you know, wearing the trash bag suits and running around in the hallway. Then they'd go sit in the fucking sauna. Like that, that's yeah. just bad. And the thing that I've Miserable. noticed, in, yeah, the thing that I've noticed in UFC is those guys that have to do that, that have to drop a dramatic amount of weight. By the time they get to the second or third round, they're yes. dying. Yeah. They're gas, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. Romero, dude. Romero runs out of gas like no one I've ever seen, bro. And he cuts yeah. from he cuts from probably two fifteen, two twenty. All the way down to yeah. 170 sometimes. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, Joe Rogan was talking about him the other day on his podcast about how yeah. the ligaments in that guy's elbows and <laughs> knees are yeah. stronger. They're like two or three times stronger than the average human beings. They, 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 uh, yeah. When he was getting into UFC, because they don't know what the hell they were feeding him in Cuba. They don't know what mm -hmm. kind of food. <laughs> what the horse hell they were meat. With exactly. Horse meat and plantain <laughs> skins is what they're feeding him in Cuba. <laughs> So when they got the, the the doctors got a hold of him, they're like, "Where in the hell did you get this guy from?" I mean, it's like they're you know they're testing this or testing that. He's like, he's like an X Men almost. He's because he what is he forty? How old is that guy? He's forty. He's forty two. Wrecking yeah. kids that are younger than him. Yeah. As long as he knocks yeah. out in the first round, because no, no, he doesn't no even look. Well, I mean, he's I, I mean, really, he's gone. He's gone. He he had two five. He's gone five rounds a bunch of times. He went five rounds uh, with, with, uh, with Robert twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. I mean that that was like a fucking. And the other thing is too, if I mean, he's Cuban, 
and he says he's 30, 40 years old, he's 52. He could be older, right? Absolutely. That's what they say. That's what they say. I don't know why. What, tell me, explain that to me. I've heard well, for of that baseball, before. Like, a lot of baseball players would do that. Uh, I mean, for UFC, I don't think it would count as much because it's a you know, singular sport. You knock somebody out. It doesn't matter how old you are. Right. But in baseball, if you're a phenom and you're 19 for years it. old, you're worth mm-hmm. more to the major league team than if you're a phenom and you're 24. Because so, they think right. you're going to get better. Yeah, so, so yeah. They'll, they'll lie or, or they'll get a fake passport or, or birth certificate. They're investing in you. Absolutely. With your contract uh, and everything. One of the right. famous ones, uh, the Atlanta Braves had a shortstop named Raphael for call back in the day, and he was supposed to be 18 years old, and they were going to arrest him for drinking outside of a nightclub. And he whips out his real passport. Dude was 22. So, you know, wow. <laughs> that, so they, they do that kind of shit to make themselves look more remarkable. Wow. But in the UFC, I mean, it really, do, it really doesn't matter. Kimbo Slice was no. 800 years old, and they were trying to market him. He just couldn't fight anymore. Right, right. It, I guess it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you had Randy Couture was fighting in there when he was older. Um, I, I don't know how old he went to, until he actually ended up stopping. But like I think, I like 47. Yeah, it was like at least Randy, in his mid forties. Randy Couture um, was like forty-seven for his last fight. Didn't the Gracies fight yeah. till they were old too? Yeah, that's kind uh, of a different style, though. That's way back with the no rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. I, I think. Uh, I don't think they they would be able to do that today. I mean, um, but but the difference is with you know you have uh, Randy Couture and then you have Yoel Romero. The difference is Yoel Romero is doing backflips. I mean, the guy's 42 years old. He's literally – he just flips and does back – I mean, he does handstands. He's acrobatic. It's just insane. I mean, he, he hits people with flying knees. Um, he just kind of has a slower a slower pace where he – it's kind of part of his strategy rather than, you know, constantly be going fast. And the good thing is when you have that much power, you can literally kind of stay kind of dormant and, you know, just kind of be standing there and resting – and if anyone comes in, it's just one punch you got to throw. So they can't really take advantage of it as much as people would think. That's why the fight with, uh, you know, his last fight with uh, Alessandra wasn't – it wasn't very anything spectacular. You know, they, they really just stood there those the whole guys, time. I mean, those yeah, guys they tried to stay up, away from each other. Those guys grew up fighting from the time they could walk. But, yeah, of course, I mean, I can bounce it off of Getz first and then up to Mike after. But how does – and I'm stuck on Hardy a little bit because I want to see the guy get absolutely railed, but you probably won't happen because neither one of you can name the guy he's fighting. But I would love yeah. to see him watch him get knocked out. <laughs> but what from his football days translates into the octagon? Other than well, just, got, like, you know, demeanor they, and passion or whatever. I'm saying like – Well, the guy – number one, number one, the dude is crazy. He is <laughs> He was mentally, clinically insane. He's certified. So he's, he probably wants to hurt people. He's probably a sociopath. Um, deep down, number number two, for you to make it to the NFL. And he wasn't just some like NFL guy that made it to camp and got bounced. He, he like got drafted high. He was with multiple teams making pro bowls with different teams. He was one of the best big contracts. He was, he was one of the best players. Yeah. He was one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Like clearly one of the top 50 players in the whole entire league. He just got bounced out of the league because he likes to beat up chicks and do cocaine. Um, wow. I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's what it was. A lot of times, those would be together too. I'm. I'm just reporting. Um, yeah. So physically, as an athlete, almost anybody he walks into the octagon with, he's got an advantage: strength, power, speed, bigger, faster, yeah. stronger. You know, maybe some people have technique on him. Some people have gas tank. Um, some people can defend what he's doing and counter better than mm-hmm. him. But, you know, when it really comes down to it, and Mike, like you said, when they step in the pocket and fire, like, his, he's probably hitting harder than anybody in there. He's definitely, uh, I would say from football, I played football, I would say uh, explosiveness. Um, that's something with football where, you know, it's, it's basically all explosiveness. You're, you're going short plays that are usually, you know, sometimes only a few seconds long, but it's, it's full exertion, you know, especially if you're, if you're playing on the line, you know, offensive, defensive line, you've got another guy across from you, 300 pounds maybe, you know, he's probably 270, and they're throwing each other's body weight at each other. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's – Yeah, I mean, that, that's as, – as he said, you know, strength, explosiveness. Um, th- that's what I would say it would be the biggest thing. Obviously, um, 
you know, they, they do a lot of footwork drills in, in football, which should carry over. And, and just being a, a generally a, a good athlete, you know, that, that should help anyone out. But I wouldn't think, you know, Nate Diaz says that football players translate over to the best MMA fighters. I don't know why he says that. Sometimes he doesn't make much sense with some things that he says. <laughs> I, I don't understand football because I've, you know, I've many some punches to the head, man. You, you, some of your thoughts might be scrambled too. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it really depends on like what position you play, and and you know, it depends on your agility. Um, you know, some people you, you throw, you know, he's he's a defensive lineman. You throw the ball at him, he can't catch the ball. So yeah. if your hand-eye there's, coordination there's is not there to be doing boxing and blocking. But plus, some things when you plus think he's about like. It, He's like six six two sixty, long arms, and, and he can move. That's that's yeah. hard to find. Like so, there's not there's not very many humans that can do that. When you have DNs, you know, when you got hand fighting on the side, the whole idea of that is just to get the offensive lineman's hands off of you so you can move them where you yeah. want to. That's going to translate right over. And you're right, that explosiveness of just you know shooting a gap, shooting right into somebody's mm-hmm. you know into the into the body, going for a takedown, something like that. That's going to yeah. translate for sure. It's interesting though because they. they mm-hmm technique especially with martial arts technique can outweigh strength a lot of times now when you have the strength mm-hmm. and the technique of course then you, you know like a john jones or something of that sort or romero yeah. like we were talking about before that's your ultimate yeah. combo but if you have somebody that's really a true technician the other person mm-hmm. may be stronger than them but they may be able to toss them around i don't think we're going to see yeah. that uh on saturday considering that you guys can't name the guy he's fighting it's probably well, a, a frank well, for deal where he's just going to get jorgen de castro there it is. That's his official name. Yet none of us know who Yo, he the is. Dude, no, the dude. I, I tried to check it. The dude doesn't have. <laughs> he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I mean, it, ooh, yeah, kiss of death. That's that's rough right there. You're you're. Uh, they, they pick <laughs> somebody out of the Wikipedia? crowd that look like a fighter. I could make him Wikipedia info, right? Can't anyone just do oh, that? Yeah, no one even. We might as well create one for him, right? Let's and, let's help him out, right? On it. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, that you know, j- just as far as. You know, the weight cutting for me is a, is a big thing. I, I wrestled and, and cutting weight is miserable. At least, you know, when you do go through like a wrestling season, you kind of keep your weight down a bit. So you may lose. I, I didn't really have to. I always had my weight pretty much under control. But I think in college, they would, they would do their weigh-ins the night before. Um, so that it's similar to the UFC. So you could, you could cut water weight and then put some weight back on. Even if it's five pounds, maybe it wasn't as extreme back then or you know, maybe it is up to 10 pounds in college wrestling, but you'd have 24 hours. So you do the weigh-in just like the fights, and then you would wrestle and compete 24 hours later so you have a chance to hydrate. In high school wrestling, you're weighing in like an hour before you wrestle. So you don't see like that drastic – because you can. I actually had one uh, one match where the coach came up to me. I was Actually, at the time, I was – Probably six two, same same height I am now. One hundred and forty five pounds. I wrestled at my sophomore Jesus year. Christ. Yeah, as a string bean, and, and uh, so the, um, I just I just couldn't put on like weight. I was just very skinny. I was always strong, but um, you know, it, it, that's kind of just the weight I was. I was very I was like a basketball player then, and then I just switched over to wrestling. But um, he, he had me cut. There was there was actually nobody on the other team at one hundred and forty pounds. So the idea was for me to cut five pounds, weigh in, and I would get a forfeit for the team. And I did, I did the five pounds. I didn't even think I could cut the five pounds. Um, in, you know, I basically just rode on a bike, sweatpants, everything. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could cut five pounds. But I actually, I actually was able to do it. And I've never felt probably worse than that before. Yeah. And, probably about I mean, to die. It's like, you know, for me, it was the first time I ever did it. So I think, you know, it gets, it gets easier when you get used to it. But it, it was a horrible feeling. So if they could do away with that, I think it would just help the sport because the guys are going to be, you know, they're yeah. going to be in better condition going into the fight, you know. So why, why make them go through cutting the weight and, and doing all this stuff? They had a guy had a seizure because he was cutting weight, you know, a, a very good fighter of theirs. I can't remember his name, but he actually had a seizure. Uh, because because of the drastic uh, weight cut he went through. So. And even just as an entertainment factor, I mean, bigger, stronger, right. always more entertaining. Yeah, it'll yeah. be less. It'll be less of a weight cut game and more of a like, okay, these two guys are the same size. Yeah. Get them in there the and fight. That's what it's supposed to be. Another yeah. weight class, though, like a super heavyweight or uh, they do or something. They have one already. No, they have to add one because 
all the weight classes go, you know, 135, 145, 155, um, 170, 185. Yeah. Then it goes like, then there's big jumps. Then it's like 205. And then yeah. the, the heavyweight weight limit is like 265. So there has right. to be something in the in middle between, there. There has to be like a 205 is not a There has to be like a 230 or a 240 that's actual heavyweight and then maybe super heavyweight that's just like you'd be as big as you want to be. Then yeah, you see some freaks John, come in there. John Jones brother coming in and fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Arthur, so the, one of the other thing change. <laughs> I I think I think maybe that I've never even thought about them doing a, another uh, heavyweight, but it is. I mean, for, to have so to have it go from 205 to 265. I mean, you're leaving 60 pounds in there. I mean, it's kind of a yeah. And a lot of those guys show. cut down to 265. <laughs> yeah, so I think if they're gonna do the you know the water exemption and and not do it that way, they're gonna have to probably raise that weight. Uh, Absolutely. So that the people that that were 285 or whatever don't have to cut the additional weight. So they. They probably could add uh, add another weight class in there, but you know they don't seem to want to do that because they don't want to they don't want to do a 165 because um, you know a lot of people are saying you're going from 155 to 170. Like why why is the jump 15 pounds there and then from 170 to 185? You know why not have 165, 175, maybe 185, then go to you know 205 or something. You know, Speaking me, of, I, I don't go ahead. Speaking of weight classes in the UFC, I want to ask you, do we still have to have this men's weight class at 125 pounds with these little midgets who can't knock each other out? I personally, um, I, I think you can just get rid of it. In my opinion, I think you can get rid of it because just keep him on the prelims. Yeah, man, get well, him out of here. Keep him on the prelims. Nobody really cares. Here's a couple things. Nobody cares. Yeah. That, that's the one thing you had the guy uh mighty mouse johnson was champion for a long time great fighter awesome but nobody cared nobody cared to watch him fight you know and and the problem is there's so few people at 125 pounds for him to fight that it's like when, when's the, la and, and when's the last time you met somebody through. that was 125 pounds that's what i'm saying man Yo, listen, <laughs> he should fight the grow up champion. already grow up you're he a man fight, like, he should fight the women's champion Okay, yeah, there's, I'm cool there's my next question. It. Was it Nunez? Yo, th there's my next question, and I know I might take some heat for this. You can find me at Digital Bookie on the Instagram, whatever. Um, do we need to keep women's MMA around? I loved uh, – what the fuck was her name? Gina Carano. I love Ronda Rousey. Amanda Nunez is a beast. She could probably beat a lot of yeah. men. What's that but the rest, the, the Russian but the rest of these, that knocked somebody out with a yeah. kick the other day? Uh, the rest of these women's fights are boring and a waste of time. It's nothing against the women. I just don't like seeing women get all beat up. The one girl that had the big thing on her forehead, man. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. And let me yeah. just tell you, as a, as a, as a uh, just a pure fan perspective, uh, yeah. perspective and a marketing perspective, you just brought it up right there. That, and no one remembers her name, but you remember that it was a girl with a huge thing on her forehead. And that picture <laughs> went viral. So, uh, yeah, they're right now, uh, what's Dana White's going, yo, we need another woman with another rock bond on her forehead. Yeah. That's Do we need to have that? So that's not going anywhere. The women we are fighting. Do we need to have that in the UFC? It's not going anywhere. It was, it they, was a rock bond. That's a, that's a perfect explanation for it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why I'm not, I'm not thinking of her, of her name. I, I'm bad with names, but I, I it's, uh, she fights Jim, all the time. Jim what is it? It's a Polish name, Jen Jatrick. Yeah, it, something like that. I, I can't pronounce the other name anyway. But um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can tell you this much. When, when uh, they started having uh, women's MMA fights and stuff, I was, not, I was not into it. I don't like seeing girls fight typically. Like, I, like I'm a jerk, I know. But um, I would say that now it's, it's gotten, I mean, Amanda Nunes, I mean, some, some of these fights, I mean, uh, Holly Holmes, Holly Holmes is a, a great kickboxer. I mean, there's been some, there's been some really good girl fights. I mean, some of them really beat the living shit out of each other. That, that last one with, uh, the Polish girl, I can't pronunciate her name. And that fight with her and I think it was a Asian girl of some sort. 
Like I'm not, I'm never gonna be fans of like these. Like I don't know. Everyone was like, it's uh, just boring. Oh, Ronda Rousey. I, no, I, I, I never really was into this. I, I, I agree with you that the women, a lot of times, they're not as good, which is true. But recently, Mike's 100% right. Recently, they've gotten yeah. better. We had the rock bomb. Uh, the, yeah. A couple of fights before that, there that was, was a, a leg that kick. Leg kick and she, went out, she went to sleep on that kick. Amanda uh, Nunez yeah. is nasty because Nunez she fights like a man. Like a dude. Like a dude. But she, she throws punches. She tries to knock you out. Through, she throws kicks. But Amanda Nunez that more and fights more. like a You're man. You're going to have more women fighting in that style more and more because of Amanda they're getting better and better. The, the girl athletes that are coming in are getting better and better. So, so I would say we'll keep the keep the girls MMA for sure, 100. percent I when it first started, I wasn't really a fan. I didn't even enjoy like seeing Ronda Rousey fight. A lot of people were like, I couldn't believe that her pay per view numbers and all this stuff were like, she was a huge draw. And I can't. I think there's a lot of sick perverted men out there that probably wonder like they have some <laughs> fetish. Because I couldn't get it. I'm like, I don't understand why everyone wants to see this girl fight so much. At that time, I saw her striking was not really that great. I thought she she pulled off some really great submissions. She had great judo throws. Um, but I'm still, I was never that excited about it. What I would say is this. When I when I look at a card and I see, like, we're such assholes, like, with this conversation, like, for girls watching. But, um. When I see on the main, when I see on the main card and I see like two girl fights, I get like a little like ah, right, there's only six fights on the main card and two are, are female, like females. I that kind of so maybe keep it to maybe one on the main card. Well, one of the one and of the things at least, and, and you brought it up right there. Uh, Rousey was a submission fighter. Submission fighters are always boring. Men, women doesn't matter. The submission watches somebody roll around holding the arm. Mm -hmm. It's cool right when the arm's about to snap and they tap out, but it's, you know, it's right. less entertaining than, than seeing someone get a rock bond or getting knocked out. And the women right. do seem to be actually throwing strikes more recently. So it's a mm -hmm. little bit more entertaining. But, get it out of uh, here. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> be some Look, they're not going to get rid of it. For it. Give them their own league. Give them their own league or do like UFC well, that, women's. That, that, didn't work. Yeah. that didn't work for the NBA. All right, but hold on one second here, fellas. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be back in two minutes. We're going to go through the fights this weekend. Back with Mike Yeh and Getz in two seconds here. All right, Crackbacks, okay. we're back with our fight companion here. We got Mikey Yatz in the building, the digital Wookiee down below with Brian Getz here. So uh, Mike uh, just said that he is going to – the next time we do this show, he's going to be able to pronounce everybody's name. I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I want you to say him wrong because it's funnier to me. But if you want to practice it beforehand, you can most certainly go ahead and try. Yeah, I, I'm not going to practice like reading them. I'm going to have to like find someone saying them because I'm, I'm looking at Jerry Zinho Rosenstrike. Like I, I know his last name's Rosenstrike, but that first name, I mean, Yair Zinho. Let me just tell you, with a last name like Rosenstrike, I, w I wasn't expecting him to look the way that he No, looked. no. I, I mean, it seems like he's a beast. He's a beast, though. I was expecting him to be he's fighting in a yarmulke. Ain't well, nobody cracking on his name. Yo, Rosen, I, I thought of uh, Fletch, Dr. Rosen Rosen. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> my man's big, too, dude. Yeah, 10 and 0. Uh, he fucking, he, he basically knocks everybody he fights uh, clean out. Everything's been uh, over in, in the UFC as far um, first and second round knockouts. Massive dude. Uh, the only fight that, uh, you know, he went five rounds. Uh, that was with Alistair Overeem, who's, you know, he's been around forever. Now, is that you know, pre or everybody. post steroids with Overeem? Uh, post. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was actually the last fight. And uh, I don't know who – it was a barn burner of a fight. Um, and in the last uh, – in the fifth round, Rosenstrike just went after him. He and he ended up knocking him out. And he, he basically split Alistair Overeem's lip. From here, right, right. like halfway up his face, he gave him a oh, dog. Cute. He gave him. Uh, he gave him basically like a cleft lip. Yeah, like, he did. Yo, I saw that. It was, born crazy. With, like that. it was all the way up to his eye almost. Dude. Oh, oh I could, that It yeah. hurt looking at. Just that looking had, at that it had to hurt for weeks too. They're probably never gonna oh. feel the same. The surgeons whipped him up. You can't even tell it happened. It's incredible. Like, I wonder if it has full feeling though, or, or like he has to like lift it to eat a sandwich. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he needs the soca sauce to get a little flavor in there. There you go. Mike, you like I, hot sauce? 
Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not a doctor though, so I don't know about that nerve stuff. And, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not a do- I know you guys probably thought I could possibly be a doctor, but I'm not. I just want everyone to know that. I, th- I thought you were. I thought neurosurgeon right off the bat. For sure. We make it. We make hot sauce over here. It's called Soka sauce, Trinidadian gourmet hot sauce. We got a bottle yeah? of it for you. But yeah, yeah, we're, oh. we're, 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 we're gonna blow up with that too. So you yeah. got Rosa Strikes fighting, and I know the name here, Francis Ngannou. Francis He's been Ngannou. around for a while. He's a beast, an absolute beast. He really, as far as strength and power, if you think Hardy's got strength and power, like this guy is. I saw him training, and he was. He was literally with a sledgehammer or an axe, just chopping wood. I thought he was like doing it just for the camera. I mean, he's just, uh, he's like an ox. And he put Alistair Overeem's head into orbit. That's I mean, straight from was, Rocky Four. Did you see that knockout? Did you guys Rocky, see that? Rocky Four in Siberia was chopping wood. That's where he got it from. Yeah. It, sounds like, he, it sounds like both of you haven't gone to win in this fight. Uh, absolutely. Listen, I mean, Rosenstrike is uh, 10 and 0, but he has not fought the same people. Francis Agano has been in there with uh, a, a lot, a lot bigger caliber. He's ranked number two right now. Rosenstrike is number six. I would say, you know, the people that have beat Francis Agano, um, most of them, not all of them, but basically, he's he's got three losses. He's been taken down, and uh, and that's that's the way to beat him. Rosenstrike doesn't really grapple at all. All of his fights have been standing up. His wins have been by TKO or knockout. So the ways that you beat Naganyu, it doesn't really look like uh, it doesn't really look like he he really brings those type of uh, you know attributes into the fight. You know he's not a submission guy. He's, he doesn't wrestle. It's it's basically all stand up for e- either guy. So okay. all right. I think he's, so he's gonna have a cut out for him. I, I'm on, gonna on, say. Go ahead. You want to say go first? Ahead, I'm saying uh, before we go run down this whole roster of fights for 249, let's uh, let's get the other topics out of the way. Number one, I know you wanted to talk about the uh, the open finger gloves. You felt very strongly. Well, look, they, they've had an issue with eye pokes for a long time now, and it, it's it really. It's a, it's a much bigger issue than people make out. Um, people, some people do it on purpose. Um, John Jones admittedly said that he posts people in the eye. Yeah, now, he's dirty. Dude, how many times have you just like accidentally just poked yourself in the eye like this? Like, and it's like the worst thing, right? Like, ah, I poked myself in the eye. If you, if you poke yourself as a kid, everything, everyone knows like it sucks. It's horrible. Now just imagine someone that's trying to kill you across the cage from you. And when they're eye poking you, they're doing it a lot harder. Like we, we might, you might poke yourself in the eye like something very small. These guys are stabbing each other in the eye. And they're it's gotta, practicing it's that too. It's not, it's not a random with, move. With long fingernails and everything. Well, they, they got to cut their fingernails. So it's not, it's not really that, but they could still get scratched. They scratch their cornea. There was one fight with Matt Mitrione. This is a heavyweight fight with Travis Brown. And uh, Matt Mitrione was winning the fight. It, it was, I believe it was in the first round. But he was basically just connecting. He was winning all the exchanges. Travis Brown was looking like he didn't have an answer for the puzzle. And uh, he was wobbled. And he 100% poked uh, Matt Mitrione in the eye. And he poked him bad. And that changed the entire tide of the fight. All the momentum was going for Matt Mitrione, and after that happened, it, it completely changed the tide of the fight, and Travis Brown ended up winning the fight. So it's a huge problem, and there's no real reason. See, the, the UFC gloves are basically made so that your hands can be basically resting like this, and there's not really any reason when you're fighting that it's necessary for them to be there. Yeah, you can parry punches down that way. Um, but you could also do that kind of like this, you know, so the pride gloves that they used to have in Japan, which was, uh, actually more popular than UFC a while back. Um, so they're no longer around, but the way that their gloves are made is that your hand is kind of like this in the gloves. So it's more for, you know, naturally you're more almost towards the fist, but if you need to open up like this to grab somebody's wrist. Or you know to execute some kind of a takedown, you can you can certainly do it. 
So it, there's there's no real reason to have these guys where the natural uh, you know stance or the natural way your hand's going to be in the glove is could be just wide open like this. So if it, if it's going to be something where they're cupped down, it's it's going to be a lot harder. And they have some other gloves they're working on now as well, where I think there may be even something that kind of holds the four fingers together a little bit. You yeah, still... isn't, there, isn't there a glove that looks like an oven mitt that basically covers the whole thing up, but they can still grab for jujitsu underneath? Well, the, just a, a Taekwondo – uh, a, a Taekwondo glove would be that way, uh, and a uh, uh, any kind of like sh striking martial arts that you would have any sort of tournaments with. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of glove that they have. It would be an open palm, but it comes yeah. over the over the fingers. They just have to keep it a kind of a lightweight. But I understand exactly where you're coming from there. Where that it's safer for fighters on both ways. Uh, number one, you, you know your eyes are 100% safer, but you're also you're not yeah. risking breaking a finger. You know, because your hand was, was in the wrong position. The, the I mean, fuck their fingers. The thing is, the fans don't want to see a fight end on an eye poke. I don't want to. I want to see a fight end on a and finger And I, I don't want to see a career end because somebody gets their eye gouged. It's just a real shitty way to have someone get an advantage on you. Like you're, you know, you, you've got all these different weapons that you're coming after each other. You train all the time, and. I mean, let's face it. If you get poked in the eye really bad, I mean, you can tell some of these guys. Um, there was a fight recently with Jeremy Stevens, and uh, he's fighting that one Mexican fighter. Um, his name's escaping me right now. But, uh, you know, in the first 10 seconds, this was the main event. They fought in Mexico. And in, like, the first 10 seconds of the fight, uh, Mexican dude gets Jeremy I Stevens in the eye so bad. No, I can hear you just fine, guys. I hear you. You good? He'll, he'll figure it out. Keep going. He's probably going to hop out yeah. and hop back in. Yeah, so so basically, you know, that that's just where, uh, you know, one of those things that if they can make it better and there's a way that they can kind of get rid of get rid of those type of things from happening because it's giving people a, a very unfair advantage. And come on. I mean, all the things you can do to each other, like let's not eye poke each other. I mean, it's, it's just a dirty thing to do to begin with. But if you think about it, if you're – if you're in a fight with some guy that's trying to knock you out unconscious, he's trying to beat you, and you know there's a million people watching, and you're you're all, you're hurt already, and this guy's coming at you to knock you out. It's like, all right, like if I if I get him in the eye, so I might poke him in the eye, and the ref may he may not be able to continue right now, and it's gonna give me two minutes while his eye is getting fixed. So it's just it, it's it's and like what's a, the it's worst, became a strategy. What's the worst that they would do? Take a point. Yeah, it's just, you know, unless it unless it's happened like repeatedly, but really one one time good is all you need. They can DQ you, um, but more importantly, like the dude that gets poked in the eye, if he can't get you, then they give the victory to the other dude. Like they just yeah, but I, I don't think they're DQing you for for doing it once. You'd have to like do it repeat like a second time, and I mean they warn them. They say watch your finger. Like they're doing it all the time, trying to trying to make it better but uh and they're watching out for it more now and they're they're more willing to give a point but um if there's but something they still, can do with the a, club, a point a, a point's not a if you're yeah. dominating a fight and then you can't continue because you got poked in the eye a point's yeah. not doing shit for you that's bullshit there was back in the day i remember with uh anthony rumble johnson when he was at 170 he fought josh koscheck and rumble wow. was killing him beating them all over the cage, hitting them into yeah. the corner. Koscheck's more of a wrestler. He couldn't take them down. Next thing you know, Koscheck poked them right in the eye. Like, real bad, real obvious. And, uh, and Rumble, kind of sorry. What happened after that? He got him twice, and Rumble was like, yo, I can't see. And the doctor wouldn't let oh. him go. Oh, yeah. So, horrible. So, we'll, we'll, need, to fix, we'll need to fix that. So, um yeah, I, so right now uh, we could start. Uh, where do you guys want to start as far as these, these fights? Right, we got, we got about 10 minutes left of the show, so let's go ahead and knock out yeah. the, uh, the the fights here. Well, before we, yeah. run, knock the card out. before we run through these fights, I wanted to get your opinion on who Conor McGregor should fight next. Okay. So, look, I don't want to see him fight Khabib. I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I'm like, you know, and he's dialed down a, a bit, but, like, for a while there, he was getting, like, obnoxious, like, just, like, it was, like, an ex-girlfriend, like, give me attention, give me attention. This is the thing. 
Khabib is it's almost like uh, you mentioned with uh, grapplers and uh, submission expert people. Look, I, I find, uh, you know, grappling to be very interesting. I, I actually like different strategies in MMA, so I'm, I'm not against watching that kind of fight. And Khabib, you know, in his defense, He'll go rounds where he's just standing up and they're and they're you know fighting. So he's not he's not just that one dimensional. And when he does take people down, he he usually does ground and pound them. He's he's beating on them. So it's it's not really boring with him. But to, uh, Conor McGregor is one of the best strikers that the UFC's ever had. So for him to just jump yeah. to jump back in there, you hear me? Yeah, I just said preach. Because he is yeah, one of the best. So, so he's one of yeah he's one of the best strikers the UFC's ever had. Um, you know, do we really want you you to go? You have your you know thirty second fight with Cowboy, jump back in there, and then you know Khabib lays on you for four or five rounds or you know whatever that is. I mean, we kind of saw that already. Look, if, if he puts up, you know, he he gets some more wins together, but more more or less, Conor McGregor does not need the belt to be a star. He's he's already a big enough star. People are gonna watch him no matter what, if it's for the belt yeah. or not. I, I think people are are more interested in watching him fight someone like uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis, who's you know he's got great um, uh, jujitsu, he's got great submissions, but he's mainly a stand-up guy. He's got highlight reel knockouts over a lot of top competitors, and uh, you know that would be a great fight for him. He's got Justin Gagey, who's who's gonna be fighting. Uh, Tony Ferguson right now. Uh, that would be a great fight because, look, Gagey goes for broke. I think, you know, Conor McGregor is way more crisp with his striking, and, and I think he, he would definitely uh, beat Gagey. But that's a great fight for him, you know, because Gagey likes to stand and bang. You know, you got Nate Diaz uh, for a trilogy fight. You know, that's a dangerous fight for Conor McGregor again. I mean, for whatever reason, the way those guys match up, yeah, uh, it's a very difficult fight for Connor, so that'd be a good fight. Or um, Jorge let's, Masvidal. I don't, I don't know how much time we got left on the clock. Yeah, we well, got about okay. seven minutes. For so UFC, behind the big one, the UFC comeback trying to save the coronavirus. Um, first fight I noticed was on the prelims: Donald Cerrone and Anthony Showtime Pettis. Okay, go ahead. Where, where do you think it's going? I'm asking you. I think uh, Anthony Pettis is going to win that fight. So, at a three-round fight, um, I don't know. Look, Cowboys lost. He got knocked out by Gagey in the first round. He got beat by Conor McGregor. His last two fights, you know, were not were not too good. Um, so, I would definitely go with Anthony Pettis. It'll either be a decision or maybe he could get Cowboy out in, like, you know, second round. Uh, but I would definitely go with Pettis. Hopefully a good, exciting fight, though. Um, we already talked about Greg Hardy a little bit. Um, Jeremy Stevens and a guy named Calvin Qatar that I don't even know who he is. He looks yeah. like a, well, like listen, a math teacher. There's never, there's never been a Jeremy Stevens fight that's not exciting. So that, that could be a barn burner. That guy, Jeremy Stevens brings it. I mean, there's, there's, he's, he, I would actually like to see – if him and Gagey were a little closer in weight, I think they're uh, it may be 20 pounds apart. But like he's got a similar style. Just go for broke. They throw uh, haymakers. You know, Gagey's got the light kick more, and he's got the better grappling. So Gagey's the better fighter. But you know, those, those guys, as far as the the punches they throw, with bad intentions. I mean, either one of them can. You know, they they knock people clean out. Conor McGregor puts people away, and I mean, they don't even know what hit him because he's very fast. But right. I don't think he's—I don't think he's KO'd anyone unconscious that I've seen, where the guy was completely out. I mean, these guys put people—they're sleeping. So um, I, I'll go with Jeremy Stevens uh, for that one as well. Nice. All right, we already talked about Ngannou, so that brings us to the bantamweight championship: uh, Henry Cejudo with two belts versus yeah. Don Cruz coming off a leg injury. So Don Cruz fights then he gets injured he, he's out two years then he comes back then I think his last layoff he's been out three years and he came back and he took the uh he won he won the belt first fight back um uh, and Henry Cejudo actually took out 
uh, same guy that uh, Dominic Cruz had beat, TJ Dillashaw, who's right. actually out right now because he was taking EPO, which is the yeah. stuff that, yeah, the cyclist take, which basically makes your blood thick and, you know, lets, lets more oxygen be in so that, you you know, you don't get fatigued. Um, Henry Cejudo was the youngest Olympic wrestler to ever come out of the United States at his weight. And, uh, you know, his last fight, he looked really, really good. It's kind of hard to go against Dominic Cruz because he's beat so many people. He's only lost twice. And he's got got a really weird style, Dominic Cruz. Like, he kind of, you know, out, moves around. He's hard. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, But I I don't know. Henry Cejudo is, uh, to me, he he looked huge against, TJ Dillashaw, and uh, he, he looks like he's getting better. And, uh, you know, since uh, Dominic Cruz has been off a layoff, I, I'm going to go with Cejudo. The, the, the tri- tri- triple champ. I think it's going to be – I oh. think it's gonna, that's going to go – that's going to go uh, – I think that'll probably go five rounds, though. Ooh, nice. All right. Uh, and the interim lightweight champion, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Okay, so Tony Ferguson, the the things that they're both good wrestlers, right? They're both college wrestlers, very well accomplished. Um, Justin Gagey, the things he does well, he's he doesn't really implement his wrestling much, and neither one of these guys are really looking for takedowns. Um, Gagey has tremendous leg kicks, probably uh, some of the best, if not the best, in the sport right now. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to implement the leg kicks because uh, Tony Ferguson's—he's long. He's a taller, taller fighter. He's got a longer reach, so that should keep Gagey away to the point where he's not going to be able to take advantage of the leg kicks without possibly eating strikes uh, and punches. So I don't, I don't see those being that much of a factor. Um, Tony Ferguson is—he brings everything. He—he he basically will come from punching, uh, kicks, but mainly his most dangerous, uh, you know, attribute is probably his elbows and his submission. Yeah. So, you up. yeah, he basically, he can get in the scrambles where you're on top of him and he's just butchering you with elbows and he can go for submission. So he has a, a more rounded, uh, MMA, um, ability. So I, I would probably say he's favored because of that. However, I do think Gagey, can knock him out because he does leave his chin very well exposed. Sometimes he goes in punching and his chin's wide up in the air. That that's not gonna that's not gonna work with Gagey because if you have his chin in the air and he connects, he will put you out. So I'm not gonna give any type of uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna give uh, a prediction on that one because it's oh no you, yeah, no you you can't flake out. We need a, we need a prediction. All right, we gotta have one. That's tough. Let's flip a coin. I, I want Gagey to win. I want Gagey to win, but I'll go with I'll go with Ferguson. He's, he has the the longest uh, win streak in the in the weight class, I believe, in UFC history, or at least right now. I think he's got 13 wins in a row. So he he I absolutely love I absolutely love the fight because I love both these fighters. They're both crazy. They'll both take a ton of punishment. Like Gagey, there's been plenty of times where he's been like out on his feet, just stumbling yeah. around. And- and drops a haymaker on somebody and puts him down. This guy is awesome to watch. Um, another thing about Ferguson, people really don't mention, he uh, he trains a different style of jujitsu. He trains under Eddie Bravo. They do the uh, the Tenth Planet. Joe shit. Rogan's boy. Joe Rogan's boy. Yeah. So that's actually different than most of the guys in MMA. They'll fight a uh, Gracie Baja style jujitsu, which is you know straight from the Gracie family. Voice Gracie. Um, Hoyler, all those guys um, going back, you know, 30, 40 years. So they all kind of train style. They train the same uh, defensive moves for attacks that are coming at them. Tony Ferguson's jiu-jitsu is a little bit different. And in a big-time fight, in a, in a scramble, that type of thing will make a difference sometimes. <laughs> Very nice, fellas. <laughs> so we're actually going to wrap it up on that here. We'll crack back. This is our first a fight companion here. We're going to have to come up with a name with you here. If you got one, go ahead and drop it on the Instagram or the Twitter page. Also going to put Mikey A's predictions up 
on the Twitter page and Instagram as well. We'll check those out next time. Now, we are recording. This will be out on the 6th of May, but we're recording it on Cinco de Mayo. Hope everybody had a safe day. Have a Happy shout out to Cinco de Mayo to everybody Taco Tuesday. Have All a right. shout out to Keeler for the boys here. Say your prayers. Blessings. Thank you, vitamins, all of that. So, Michael, and thank yeah. you for coming out. Coming on, Mike. BG will be hollering uh, at you in a couple of days here. Crackbacks. Peace. All right, guys.